Hunter Hayes joins us this morning, portfolio manager at the Intrepid Income Fund. Hunter, thanks for being here. Walk us through what uh, yield waking up and starting to climb again means in the world of credit. Sure, absolutely. Well, like your last guest said, you know, we, we think we're in for, for higher rates over the, over the short and intermediate term, uh, which means you better buckle up because long duration assets, uh, long duration risk assets specifically, uh, are, are, are going to be uh, are, are going to be under pressure. You know, we think um, specific to fixed income, you know, higher rates uh, is going to have ripple effects through the entire curve. So, you know, when we look at high yield and, and how spreads are going to react to higher rates, uh, you want to make sure that you're in safer parts of the credit uh, of the credit market. So double B's are a place we want to hide out. And then we want to make sure that we're, we're in places that aren't particularly susceptible to those higher higher interest rates. Uh, so we really like home builders. We like niche businesses that are able to pass through their costs to the consumers. Uh, you know, so so there are some specific businesses we really like highlighted uh, on the chart here. So LGI Homes, you know, home builder might not be who you think of initially as somebody who can pass on costs, mm -hmm. but uh, we think LGI Homes has kind of a, a, a niche within the home building sector. Uh, you know, they're they're bringing in first time home buyers who might be paying rent that's actually higher than the mortgage they can bring them in at. Uh, so that can mitigate the effect of higher mortgage costs. You know, as rates start to move higher. And then, uh, and then Easy Corp, which you highlighted up there, uh, you know, a pawn business, um, really interesting little business. You know, in, in good times, they're kind of just a retail business. Uh, you know, they're selling uh, uh, surfboards and, and, and firearms and, uh, you know, other accessories to, to consumers. Uh, but then in bad times, their, their pawn loan business takes off uh, and they get really good rates on those, on those loans. So, you know, we think as, as inflation continues to creep into the picture, uh, people are going to be strapped for cash, and, and pawn shops could be a beneficiary of that. Um, so we're looking for businesses like this that, that can that can really mitigate the impact of these higher rates, which you know, as you're seeing in the CPI numbers, will bleed through into inflation. And so that underlying characteristic that ties these businesses together, I mean, very different. A pawn shop and a home builder is just that ability to pass on costs. And how do you identify that? Is it just cash flow that needs to be? positive, increasing, uh, what are those kind of standards that you're looking for? Sure, great great question. So, you know, it's really uh, sort of these recession resistant top lines. So we're looking for either staple goods, you know, everybody needs a roof over their head. Uh, so, you know, there's a, a shortage of housing. Now, you know, housing has been bonkers for the past few years. Um, so, you know, some, some might argue that the cycle is getting long in the tooth. We actually think we're in a bit of a super cycle with housing. Uh, we, we think that there's just such a shortage uh, of, of available inventory. Um, so we, we think people are going to continue to clamor. Millennials specifically or, or, or first time home buyers are going to continue to clamor. So we think that's a really sticky business uh, where people are going to need it. Right. It's a necessity. Uh, you know, same with the pawn shop business might be a little bit counterintuitive, but uh, people need money. Um, and, you know, as, as rates move higher, uh, you know, people who, who uh, might be strapped for cash are going to need alternative ways of, of raising capital. So, you know, pawn shops tend to really outperform, uh, you know, Easy Corp generated free cash flow through 0809. Uh, you know, they've been around 20 plus years. They generated free cash flow through through other recessionary type periods. Uh, and they've, you know, we've we've really never had a rising rates, a prolonged rising rates period over the past, you know, gosh, 30, 40 years. Yes. Um, but we're, we're pretty confident that that this business model can can be resilient in the face of that. But but to answer your question, you know, consumer staples are really what we're thinking about. Uh, you know, things where people are going to have to pay the higher prices and and where there's a lot of elasticity uh, at the at the business level. 
Hunter, uh, on the home builder side, LGIH, the one you mentioned, just kind of thinking about uh, a potential connection there to duration assets. So if rates do start to rise, does that impact any of the loan rates and the mortgage exuberance that we've seen? Is there any risk there that that could have a ripple effect into the home builders? Yeah, certainly. And, and on the equity side, I, I would be more worried about that. You know, we're, we're lenders to LGI homes. Um, you know, I, I think offsetting that, though, is sort of their niche within the lower tier uh, first time home builders, you know, where, yeah, uh, you know, if mortgage if mortgage costs all of a sudden, you know, go up 100, 200 basis points, you know, the calculus there definitely affects the monthly payment uh, and may make renting uh, slightly more attractive. But right now, things are just so out of whack. Uh, you know, rents are so high relative to uh, the cost of these homes specifically. They're building in rural areas. You actually get a tax credit in some of the areas that they're building in, uh, you know, to, to make your first time home purchase. So they're taking advantage of some of these government programs. Uh, and we think that that's extremely attractive and, and can mitigate the impact of higher rates. So, you know, we think actually, if anything, there's some variant perception that, oh, this is a home builder. You know, maybe that affects the multiple on the equity side a little bit, uh, when in fact, there's more pricing power hidden here because of the niche status that they have. Interesting. Hunter, uh, another category that it looks like you're interested in lending to is the energy space and uh, domestic energy producers and uh, businesses. Is this a part of the market that your team and your fund has always been interested in, or is this something new here uh, where for a long time, I mean, uh, energy companies, people didn't want anything to do with their debt in particular. Uh, That's right. Their stocks, uh, you know, even less so. But uh, this seems to be turning around at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. So I cut my teeth on energy. You know, that's my background. So I always have a sweet spot in my heart for for black gold. Uh, but, you know, I, I think uh, I, I think you're right. You know, if you had been uh, a little bit contrarian last year and gone out and bought energy stocks or or even energy bonds, if you were per- particularly uh, risk taking, you know, you, you would have had really good results over the past year with oil going from, you know, a negative number now to uh, in the mid 70s on WTI. So, look, what we love about energy, and this is a theme across our portfolio, is that it's it's capital constrained. Um, you know, whether it's because of, of, of ESG mandates um, or it's just because of people getting burned too hard and, and having some whiplash over previous commodity cycles. Uh, you know, we think that there's a lot of sort of, uh, you know, behavioral biases that play into why energy isn't getting enough love. And we think a lot of these assets are still undervalued. You know, do we think $100 oil is in the cards? But potentially, you know, we, we do think we're going to be supply constrained coming up here. Um, but we think some of these businesses, the ones with good balance sheets, uh, who have been responsible through the cycle and are now growing within their cash flows, are really good candidates to lend to. You know, so we've highlighted a few of those. We think Murphy, uh, Matador, and then PBF Logistics, which is, which is more of a refinery play, uh, are really outstanding companies that, that are well-managed uh, and that should have no problem paying off their debt. Okay. And you're getting one and a half to two times what the high yield index pays you.